listen. Zac Efron is hot when I was 15, and he's still hot at 31. Hot take. Hot take. Troy Bolton started hot and continues. Absolutely. Is there yeah. a movie that he wasn't hot in? No. Okay. He's hot just on the street. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Okay, see? How does Zac Efron help your mental health? Yeah, well, he doesn't hurt it, you know? <laughs> and I think he talks about therapy. Does he? Yeah, because remember... He's he, therapized? I, he's not not. I, yeah, I do think he's about, like, mental health. Remember he did that whole Netflix series of, like, he was in the wild. Like, yes. Yeah, which, like, mind, body, spirit, sitch, he's got going on there. Mind, body, spirit, Mind, sitch. body, spirit, sitch. But it all started with, get your head in the game. <laughs> which, doesn't that just scream mental health? <laughs> That's it. In grad school, mm-hmm. in our group therapy class, mm-hmm. we literally would sing, We're all in this oh. together. Once we know it was that like we are the theme. Stars. Tell me that your TikTok is filled with the. <laughs> um, I can't. It's so embarrassing. Like, ASMR, get ready with me as a college student at UTK. And it's like. <laughs> absolutely not a hundred percent you watch one and then i'm in it and so it's like these girls like with their 76 makeup products that they put on and i'm like what in the hell is is any of this and just click on it like once and now it's just yeah yeah. it's all over it Mm -hmm. damn i know it's how it gets you click once yeah my only like asmr like satisfying (laughs) i can't is what you take a sip of coffee you're like i know i'm like i because i just that's gross right in the same way that i wouldn't like cough or sneeze in this thing. i don't know we want feedback from our listeners <laughs> do you like this is <laughs> this what you want <laughs> oh we're off the rails okay we're off the clock <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there it is i'm not even gonna try and hold that okay that's okay. fine Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am Lydia Thompson. I am a licensed professional counselor. And here with us today is Emily Curlin. She works with me at Concord Family Counseling, which is my counseling practice. Now, we kind of met in (laughs) an interesting way. Yes. We met in July. I was thinking June. Yeah. Yeah, June or July. July. Mm -hmm. I was about to go on maternity leave. Mm Mm-hmm. And we met Emily and we were like, we have to have her. Um, so I was already on maternity leave when I gave your yes. training yes. to be one of our clinicians. And yes. then I just like pieced out. And you pieced out big time. Big time. You yeah. Were, and that's okay. I we, had a baby. Yes. And that was great. But Lydia and I have probably spent less than a week together in the last six months that I've worked for her. So here we are. Back. Lydia's back from maternity leave. We're happy to have you back. Yay. Yeah, you were missed. But it's great that I said, yeah, I'll work for you. And then never talk to her again for the next, like, three months. Yeah. I was like, oh, we really connect. Yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) So I was thinking about how to start a podcast, period. And I think about how I start some of my therapy sessions. Yes. You know, there's this, like, question of, like, how are you? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So I ask this to my my clients, and they're like, good. Mm. 
And I'm like, no, how are you really? And they're like, oh, bad. Like, mm. really bad. Yeah. And so I'd like to just skip the, like, good part. Yeah. And I just want to skip to, like, how are you really today? It's funny because I want to respond and say, I'm good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just skip that one. We'll just skip it. I am okay. I woke up this morning and I'm just feeling a little off. I'm not sure. I'm a little congested. I feel like I'm on the cusp of I could wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, hit by a train. I'm sick. Or just didn't get enough sleep and my body's like, mm, hey, we need a little bit of rest. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. I wish I felt 100% and I don't today. And that's okay. Just I think knowing that about yourself is really important. So I am not at 100% today by any means. I mean, truly, you just get to show up as yourself today. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Which is really nice. Yes. Um, <clears throat> When we were brainstorming the topics about what our audience would even want to listen to, we don't actually have an audience yet. So we don't know what True. they want to hear. Yes. The options are endless right now. Options then. are endless. But we were kind of brainstorming and landed on the topic of getting into therapy mm-hmm. and demystifying the process of getting into therapy. Um, why does this topic matter to you? I think one of the biggest maybe myths about therapy or starting therapy is that you – you're perceived as weak if you have thought that you need to reach out for some sort of counseling. And I think with that comes this idea that people think everything has to be on fire in order for me to seek out some sort of counseling. And I think if we can have a conversation that sheds some light on how that is not the case, I think that's really helpful for people to know that Everything doesn't have to be crumbling to come into our office. It can simply just be life is really hard or there's things that are overwhelming or parenting difficulties or I'm 15 and trying to figure out who I am, right? So I think if we can help create a conversation around it's it's not the end of the world when you reach out to therapy, like for therapy, it can just simply be, oh, I'm realizing I'm in a place where I need outside support at this point to, to step in. So I think that is a huge part of why we've talked about this topic. I think it's why it's important to me as I really want people to know it's okay that they want to reach out and it's okay that it's okay if everything even feels great and you want to still have a session with your therapist. So I think that's why it's important is because I think the, the myth is that it has to be really, really bad or really crisis or that you're now weak and this is the, the weakest thing you can do. Right. Yeah, I think about the first time I went to therapy and mm-hmm. the world was on fire, mm-hmm. right? That's when I sought therapy for the first time. Yes, yes. And I could do that. I'm glad that that was an option for mm-hmm. me, that the, my world was on fire yeah. and I finally got into therapy. I mean, maybe that's what it would take, but I could have just gone. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I have clients who come for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. You know, Lydia, you're exactly right. I find myself, when I look back on my own therapy journey, I probably the first time I went, things were on fire. And I reflect now and I wonder what would it have been like if I had gone much earlier when I just was curious about some things going on in my life and and emotions I was experiencing. One of the things... 
I will tell almost all of my clients is therapy is a tool that gathers more information about yourself. So often what we're doing in the room is simply collecting data about the person in front of us and saying, hey, it sounds like you're experiencing this. Tell me how that is impacting your current you know, daily life and how does that emotion tell you other things and influence and impact other things. And so it's about getting to know yourself. And I don't think there's an age that that starts too early or could start too early. And so I reflect back and I'm like, what would life have been like? Or how would I have responded to things if I had known certain things about myself at a much younger age when things weren't in crisis yet? I know. I mean, I even had like a really reflecting on it, like pretty good childhood and adolescence. But especially adolescence, I'm very passionate about uh, adolescence. What would my life have been like if I would have had an adult, a Mm. safe adult to talk to that wasn't my parents, um, that was dedicated to me, my growth and um, who I was as a person. Yeah. If I had that person in my life when I was 15. Yeah, absolutely. I reflect on the same thing. I can't even, I echo what you say. I had a great childhood, a great adolescence. Um, But I do wonder what my life had been like to even have a space of my own where I got to show up and it was just mine and my counselor was just mine. Mm -hmm. And I think we undervalue what that can be for people, I would say of all ages. I think it's super important with adolescents and teenagers, but I also think even adults having a place where they get to fully show up and say, things are great or things are not great. Mm -hmm. Can we talk through this. And one of the best things about therapy and the healthiest thing about therapy is that the counselor client relationship only exists in that safe room. And so nowhere outside am I going to see you in the grocery store and walk up and say, well, tell me about how that thing went that we talked about last week, right? Yeah. So part of the safety and I think security in that happens in the therapy room is because that's where our counselor-client relationship exists, and it doesn't exist anywhere else. And I think that is part of what makes it so unique and I think so helpful in having people unpack a lot of what's going on in their life. So we don't have listeners yet. Yes. But we're going to pretend like we have listener questions. This is the question I get most often out in the wild. What's the difference between counseling and therapy? I often say it's, (laughs) what do you want to call it? Because often it's- Wow, mind tricks. Yeah, it's coming from the client. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either is wrong. I don't think either, I think think they're interchangeable. Um, I think there are preconceived notions about both of those words. And so I think it's helpful to- gather information about what the client thinks about those preconceived notions. Yeah. What would you say? I say those words only matter to our licensing body. Yes. Uh, Yes. I am a counselor because that's my license, a licensed professional counselor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I use them interchangeably. I'm going to say therapy. I'm going to say counseling. 
because to me they're both the same thing but yes you're totally right people can use whatever they feel most comfortable with and sometimes they like saying counseling sometimes they like saying therapy yep and they're interchangeable they mean the same thing you're exactly right what our license says is that we are licensed practicing counselors that is true yep that's why i (laughs) say counselor yes yes yeah i like what you said it's like your world can be on fire to come to therapy yeah or it can be going great to come to therapy so does everyone need therapy my therapist bias opinion is yes (laughs) what i would say is going to therapy has never produced a negative result you might be disappointed with some of the data that you learn about yourself which is our growth edges and maybe where we're not the kindest and best humans. And you might discover that in therapy and that might feel negative or not fun or something you kind of ignorance is bliss, if you will. Right. But therapy as a whole does not produce negative things in our life. And I would go back to what I said earlier of you're collecting data about you and why would you not want to do that? Why do we not want to know more about ourselves, the way that we interact with people, the way that we're in relationship, the way that we connect, the way that we express emotions, all of those things are things we're discovering about ourselves. And so I don't think that's a negative thing that people should say no to. I think the stigmas and the pressure and expectations that come with saying I'm in therapy is what is the is the main barrier. I often tell people the hardest thing you're going to do is walking into my office. Once you've done that, it's 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 downhill from there. There might be some bumps on the hill, but it's downhill from there. The hardest part is that they've entered the building. Absolutely. I think there is such a thing as bad therapy. Yes. So, there is. I think showing up to therapy and participating with a really safe therapist um, and really good therapist, yeah. which we can talk about what is a good therapist, yes. um, I think does produce positive results. It's not going to feel comfy yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but it is going to stretch you and grow you. You'll learn things about yourself, even if it is a little bit uncomfy. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. I would ask you, how do you know when you're experiencing good therapy, if you will. Or how do you know when the therapist is the right fit for you? Yeah, that's a, I think, much better question. How do you know it's the right fit for you? I know certain people are like, well, I will only see a doctorate. And they think that that is better for them to see a doctorate versus an intern. Yeah. And I think the fit of the therapist is much more important than the letters behind a person's name. Yeah. Um, how would we know good fit? I mean, for us, mm-hmm. right? They give mm-hmm. a call to Aaron and they're like, hey, Aaron, here's what's going on. And Aaron will place them with a counselor they think she thinks fits best with them. Yeah. Personality wise, their experience. Counselors can fit in all types of ways. Yes. In terms of you like their personality and vibe with their personality you feel like can you can be yourself and be safe and seen I think that's that sums it up yes you can be safe and seen in their presence you can trust them yeah 
And that can come with any letters behind their name or no letters behind their name. I mean, yes. I think I want clients to know they have a choice in their therapist. And so even after a first session, I will often say, hey, why don't you take 24 hours to think about what the next step is? I would be happy to go ahead and put you on my calendar and in a rotation. But if you need some time to think, I want to respect that. And I want you to feel like you have a choice in in working with me. And if it's not me, I'm happy to connect you to someone else who you think might be a better fit. I think it's empowering to give people that choice. And spoiler alert, most oftentimes they want to schedule with you. I think even because you've given them the choice and saying, this is about you and I care more about your mental health and the journey you're on more than I care about if you're with me or not. So I think even having people understand, you you have an option in your therapist. It's okay if we complete a session and you're like, that doesn't feel great. That's okay. Continue to go find someone who you feel safe and comfortable with. And I think what you said about how you feel as the client matters more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. This is a whole different topic, but pleasing the therapist, yeah. right? It's it's not about what the therapist wants from you, but what you want from the therapy. Yeah. And that's far more important to me than anything. And truly, yeah. if we don't vibe, I usually feel it too. Yes. I'm uh, like, oh, there needs to be a, somebody that's a better fit for you. And you're yes. going to get the most out of therapy with somebody you fit with. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And every therapist has their own vibe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as much as sometimes I dog on the like, I call them sit and nod therapists, right? The ones who you come in, I think our listeners will relate to this. Is, <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. So hard. You know, you can't see if you're on the podcast. I'm nodding my head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're the ones who just listen and then they go, do you want to reschedule next Thursday at four? Right. And that works for some people. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't work for people. And so finding the type of therapist with the fit um, that you're searching for, that you're going to grow best in. Yes. And what I encourage people to do is if they really are concerned about it and don't want to pay money for several intake sessions with different yeah. therapists – See if they'll do just a 15-minute phone call. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can know a lot just from that 15-minute phone call. Absolutely. How do they make you feel? Mm -hmm. Do they make you feel cared about, comfortable? Um, You could also be looking for, do they have expertise in this topic or Mm -hmm. experience with this topic? Mm -hmm. And that's something you can just grill them about. Yeah. You know? Do you work with this topic? And do you have any um, trainings or... um, Or do you have experience with this? Yeah. 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 And see what they say. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great in helping people do the hardest part, which is reaching out and setting up that first appointment and then showing up. Showing up. Mm Mm-hmm showing up Mm -hmm. is the hardest part it is the hardest part I would maybe even push to say sometimes it's the hardest part for both the counselor and the client Mm. yeah one thing that I think people don't realize is that I am nervous (laughs) before an intake session yes 
Like, you think you're nervous. I'm also nervous. I'm meeting somebody new for the first time. I don't know what they're going to say. Yes. I don't know what they're going to bring into the room. Like, I don't know what's going to happen either. I know. I find myself having the most anxiety before an intake session. And I'm like doing my own breathing techniques before they walk in. And I'm always like, what is this about? Like, what is going on inside of me that's causing me to have this reaction to unknown and to something that we do all the time? And I think it is, I think it's a sign of health because it is really the anxiety that I put such a value on what happens in that space. And so I don't want the first impression to go wrong. I don't want it to be a bad experience. So I actually think that kind of unsettled nervous feeling we have before an intake is a sign of health. And it's a sign of we care about what happens in that room. Absolutely. Especially if they've done this hard work to like show up. Yes. I want to help them as quickly as possible. And a lot of times the first session there is nothing to be done other than collecting information. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard for people of, I need relief now. Yes. And I would like to pass it back off to you because I think you had a really good um, metaphor for, um, that I've heard you talk about before this moment. Yeah. Um, About why come to therapy when it's, the house is not on fire. Yeah. The metaphor that I often use is a fire extinguisher. So every building, every house has a fire extinguisher. You want to know that that works before there's a fire. Because when something's burning, that's what you're going to go to. You're going to grab it, figure out how to work it, open it, do the whole thing to put the fire out. You have to know that works before the fire is there. And I think therapy is the exact same way. You come to therapy to know, hey, everything's not on fire, but what are some tools I can gain so that when something is on fire, I am prepared. And I think that idea of the fire extinguisher is a great image for people to hold on to and to say, this is why I'm going to therapy. Like everything is okay and feels settled right now, but at some point it isn't. And I want to make sure that I have the tools to be prepared to handle when fire or hardship or tragedy comes. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part when they're calling saying my house is on fire. Yes. Gosh, and I mean, metaphorically, obviously, when I'm in crisis and my heart always goes out to them yeah. because um, there's urgency in I I am, this is an emergency. Yes. And I need help right now. Yes. And it's really hard, especially in the state of um, mental health right now, there's a lot of clinicians who are not taking clients, who are full. Yeah. And so what happens when you realize my metaphorical house is on fire, I'm in a mental health emergency, and I'm calling, yep. and I'm calling, and I'm calling, and nobody's calling me back. Yeah. Um, and things are getting worse, and I don't know what to do. and Or people are calling me back and saying they're full. Mm-hmm. Like that, to me, is a reason to... Find a therapist prior to a mental health emergency. Yes. Yes. You could not have said it better. That's absolutely what it is. Find a therapist before the mental health crisis, before it hits. Yeah. And you might be thinking, like, I'm good. I've got my tools. I know how to do this. I think it's also just good to do almost like a checkup. Yes. 
you don't have to commit to long-term therapy. Yes. <laughs> you can just show up yeah. and just say, hey, I just like you would go to the doctor. Can we yep. just do a test? Yep. <laughs> Run some tests and make sure everything's running well. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably another myth of therapy is that you're committed Absolutely. for the next 50 years. Like, oh not at all. You're, we call clients that come once every three months, they're in maintenance. Absolutely. They're just doing maintenance. And sometimes it's once a quarter. Sometimes it's once every three months. Um, and that's, that's okay. We can decide what that rhythm is. But it's maintenance. It's simply saying, oh, just checking in. In the same way that you do that with your physical body. You do that with cars you own. You do that with things in your home. And so it's just, it's just a check-in. And yeah. if you realize in one of those sessions there's more going on, great. We can start seeing each other more. But... We are, we want you to get to the place of maintenance and then potentially not in our office. Yeah. And I've had clients who are gone for a long period of time, gone for a year. And then I get a call that says, I'm in an emergency. And we've done all of the work prior to that moment to build the foundation, build the trust. I get their story. Um, prior to them showing up for this mental health emergency, I can't imagine. I mean, I think this is what I did. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I now have to tell you everything about me that is so that you would understand who I am and my family and my life story and who's in my life. And I'm also in the middle of a mental health emergency. Yes. That is a really hard place to be is I'm getting to know you Mm -hmm. and I'm also in crisis Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if you're going to be a good fit. Yes. Oof. Ugh. The last question and maybe the biggest question of them all. Oh, I can't wait. Is a scary word. In in our field, scary word. Insurance. Yes. Insurance. Insurance. It's the question we get so often on the phone when people are calling, do you take my insurance? Mm-hmm. We are a cash pay only practice. Yes. And... Can you talk a little bit about why we don't take insurance? Yeah. We understand why you're asking that question of will insurance cover it? Because we understand that the cost of therapy can be expensive and it's a sacrifice. And we wish that insurance would help alleviate some of that. However, the way that insurance works with therapists is they want a large portion of the fee that we charge. So... If we're charging X amount, they want a large percentage of that amount, which means the therapist is only walking away with very little and usually is then splitting it amongst a practice. So actually, if we took insurance, we would probably have to double our price because of how much insurance wants. So it it is not wise for us to actually be in network with insurance. And I would say that most therapists are moving away from using insurance because of this issue. Um, because it's hard to tell someone therapy's 325, your insurance will cover $200 of that. And then, you know, we get 50 bucks from it. And so it's, it's a terrible cycle that I think most therapists have chosen. We're not going to be able to fix it. And so it is more common to find, Counseling offices that offer some sort of sliding scale that's based on your income rather than therapists who are in network with insurance. 
Yeah, this just is a sucky, sucky system. It really is. It really sucks. And But you're right. We could not survive as a practice taking insurance. Yeah. Um, insurance is going to require a diagnosis. Yep. Many of our clients coming in are coming in with phase of life issues. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're teenagers, whether they just want help with their parenting, whether they're just wanting to grow themselves um, in whatever way. Insurance is going to require a diagnosis and within that diagnosis is going to come, insurance will say, you get five sessions to work on that. So, oh, you have an anxiety disorder? You have five sessions to fix that. And that's what we'll cover. And um, they're requiring so much of therapists um, to even approve that. Yes. So it's more work, less pay, and... It is just not making any sense. Now, I wish we could just redo the system. Yes. And I maybe hope mm. one day they will. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's not making sense. So yeah. some affordable ways to get into therapy, I'd say see an intern. Yep. Um, plenty of places have interns like Concord Family Counseling. Yes. Uh- um, that they are seen under supervision. So it's like you're getting therapy from really big um well-trained people yeah but through an intern now it might be slower there might be some awkwardness or maybe just some learning experiences but I think that can even be very valuable for people um so therapy with an intern can make therapy very affordable yeah another way you pointed out is seeing a therapist who has a sliding scale based off of income um what I will say is people pay for what they value. Yes. And I've seen people who don't have a whole lot of money Yes, place value on counseling and they will make it happen. Yes. Now, I'm not going to speak to everybody's budget, but they've cut things out um, that are extras in order to make this a priority. Yes. And I've seen plenty of people who drive into the parking lot in a Tesla and will be haggling me over some dollar bills. I would say if you're wondering what you value, look at where you spend your time and your money and that will tell you. Exactly. So yes, if this is a value of yours or your family's, you can make it work. Most people can. Yes. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I wanted to say that I meant to say earlier is we are not better than you. No. And we don't think that. No, we don't. And any counselor that acts that way and makes you feel um, small is not a therapist you need to see. Yes. Yeah. So when we're out in the wild, we're not judging you. Nope. We're not judging you. We are people too. And another spoiler, we all have our own therapists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So... This is another just imperfect moment. I don't really know how to like wrap this up. Yeah. Really. Um, That's how it feels sometimes in a therapy session <laughs> is we're looking at the clock and client is fully in uh-huh. an emotion and it's going, how am I going to end this session gracefully and saying, okay. And so that's often what therapy feels like towards the end. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I start sweating because I'm like, we have two minutes left Mm -hmm. and a lot has just been said. Mm -hmm. So often it's, we've talked about a lot today. So thank you so much for sharing. 
And I think there's plenty more content we have to dig into and talk about on our next podcast. Ah, absolutely. I think I do want to talk about kind of some takeaways from the day. Sure. I mean, some things that people can take away from our conversation today. Yeah. If they have zoned out for the last, like, whatever amount of minutes that mm-hmm. we've been talking. Mm-hmm. Some takeaways. Um, how do you know you need therapy? Anybody can come to therapy. Yes. That's the short answer of it. Anybody at any stage. But it's good to check in before a mental health crisis. Yes. Um, how do you know it's a good fit? Check in with how you feel when you're with them. You don't have to commit to any therapist um, if you don't feel comfortable with them. A good fit is not about the letters behind a person's name. It's about how you feel when you're in their presence. Do you feel safe and comfortable? Yeah. It's not always going to be comfy, but insurance sucks. Insurance sucks. Insurance sucks, Mm -hmm. and I'm so sorry we cannot take insurance. Trust me, it is in your best interest for us to not take insurance. Yes. Mm -hmm. I also want to send our listeners away with some encouragement. Sure. Encouragement. Okay. So what encouragement do you have for our listeners today? I would say have more grace and compassion for yourself, especially if you've been in a season where things are hard or even if these things have been really easy. I think we're really hard on ourselves and we talk really negative to ourselves sometimes. And I think life throws a lot of things at us that are unexpected and can be difficult. And I would just say have some compassion for yourself and have some grace for yourself that it's okay if you've had a hard day. It's okay. And so I think, yeah, be encouraged to have compassion and grace for yourself. Yeah, growth isn't linear. It's not. I know that's like so cheesy. I hate it. But, uh, it you is. know, it's true. It is true. Um, a bad week, a bad day, a bad hour doesn't mean you're regressing. Doesn't mean you're doing bad therapy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're doing bad in life. Yep. 